Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. So great to have you here with us on today's show. We're doing another NBA season year in review. We're going to be talking about the New Orleans Pelicans. We've got Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram. And coming up on today's show, very excited to chat with Jake Madison, the host of Locked on Pelicans. If you haven't done so already, follow our show on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. You can follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Be sure to follow and subscribe to this podcast for free wherever you get your podcast and watch the show daily. Subscribe on YouTube. Also, share this video with your friends on YouTube back each and every day. The fall is right around the corner, and really awesome things are coming here on Locked On Blue Devils. Let's get right to it. Here's today's conversation with Jake Madison. And we're here on Locked On Blue Devils. JJ Jackson here, and I'm thrilled to now welcome in Jake Madison, the host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast. He was on the show this time a year ago. We love this time of year when we get the opportunity to check back in on the former Duke Blue Devils, where the brotherhood is at. And Jake, we joked last year at the five Blue Devils that had been on the roster for the Pelicans at one given moment, just two this past year. Uh, So it's going to be fun to kind of talk about Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram. Thanks for joining me today, man. I hope that you've been doing well. I have been excited for the start of the new season. Summer League's been fun. I'm happy to be on here talking hoops with you, man. Yeah, no, Summer League is always a time of year where we get to see some of those Duke guys in action. This year, from the Pelicans' perspective, we've seen both Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram in Las Vegas. They, however, are on the sidelines uh, not participating. Um, We saw Zion rocking an awesome Coach K shirt when he showed up a few days ago. Uh, But, uh, yeah, let's kind of talk about the year that was for both of those players. And uh, I think the conversation uh, will start with Zion Williamson himself. And, uh, Jake, we didn't really see him out there on the floor this past (laughs) season. No, 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 we did not. It was uh, an interesting year with with Zion Williamson when we got kind of that bombshell dropped on us that he was going to miss the start of the regular season, that he had a broken foot. I I was there at media day and I was with Andrew Lopez sitting right next to him who covers the team for ESPN. And like he has Woj in his phone, like they text all the time and he didn't even know that that was happening. And that's how secretive it was that like Woj didn't even know. And Woj is texting Andrew during all of this. So it was kind of a bombshell and ended up leading to him missing the season, which was disappointing. He was kind of away from the team, a little bit distant. But as they started to win games and got into the playoffs, he really started to come around and seemed excited by the end of the year. And I think it's all you can really ask for at this point when it comes to that. Now he signed that big-time contract extension. They have him in New Orleans for six more years. So it's all like sunshine and rainbows right now. We're happy about that. Give me a little bit more of the injury specifics, Jake, because obviously this was something where at Duke we saw – the big shoe explosion that took place in the North Carolina game and an injury scare in that moment. Other than that, Zion was the top player in the sport the entire year. And as we talked last year on this show, very clearly deserved to be the number one overall pick out of all those guys. Give me more specifics on the injuries that he went through. Yeah, I mean, it even goes back to his rookie year, right? You know, he tore his meniscus 
uh, at the during preseason during that time and ended up missing about half of the season for New Orleans there, but then came back, played well. La- not this past year, two years ago now. He was excellent. He was healthy. He played the majority of the year till they just shut him down towards the end when the Pelicans weren't making the playoffs. And he was a historic player. When this guy is healthy and playing, there's no one in the NBA that can do what he does. He is that special of a player scoring around 70% at the rim. You know, last year, it turns out he broke his foot. You know, for a big man that jumps, that's a brutal injury to have in the NBA. It was one of those Lee Franck injuries where it's kind of like an alluvium fracture on his pinky toe. That That's just tough. It takes time. It wasn't healing too well, so he eventually left the team to get some injections in Los Angeles to see if that would promote the healing. Then he went to go rehab up at Nike in Oregon before it healed. And then he came back and there was some talk of would he actually play in the postseason for the Pelicans. That ended up not happening. He wasn't fully cleared. He had to go through some more scans. But eventually those came back completely cleared. They're not really worried about any sort of re-aggravation or re-injury from this. And hopefully it's just smooth sailing for him going forward. This whole year when you're not playing, right, and you're trying to figure out what the next move is, that's when uncertainty about his future in New Orleans was, I think, very loud and uh, what it could be. You mentioned just a few weeks ago here in the offseason he has signed that long-term extension. But to be away from the team, what was that like? I mean, this is a, a guy in Zion Williamson who, whatever he does, tends to be a highlight of some variety. And to just not see him anywhere, like almost going in this dark mode, that was different. Yeah, it, it, it was. It was a lot of radio silence. And there were, I can tell you, there were a lot of people within the team that were really worried that maybe it was just like done, that he didn't want to be here, that some of that kind of media talk, there was, you know, truth to it to some degree, I think. You know, and I've reported that there were some rifts between him and some of the front office from decisions made early on, maybe a little bit of a lack of trust in some of the medical diagnoses that they've had too, because this is a guy who wants to go out there and play and the Pelicans are saying, no, you're not ready. And it's kind of saving him from himself to a certain degree. They're thinking about a 20-year career for him and he's just thinking about the next game and getting out there. And so you've got to try and reconcile those things. So when he went to Oregon, it was just, I'm going to get away from everyone and I need a bit of a break. Didn't really communicate with the team much. We had that kind of newsworthy story that when CJ McCollum was traded to the Pelicans at the trade deadline from Portland, that Zion hadn't reached out to him yet. And CJ called him out on TV a little bit over all of that. But as the team started to win and they built a pretty strong, like fun family culture in the locker room this year, you could see Zion kind of missing out on all of that. And he ended up coming back from Portland early. He came back a couple of weeks ahead of what the Pelicans were expecting him to do because he wanted to be around this team. He wanted to be having fun with those guys. Guys. And if you watched him on the bench the final month of the season, including that pretty tough first round series they played against the Phoenix Suns, he is all smiles. He's in awe of some of the things the Pelicans were doing, some of the dunks that were getting thrown down. And you could kind of see the shift in his mentality, starting to buy in a little bit more. And it just took kind of getting him back to New Orleans, these guys having fun. And then he's done everything right since then. You know, last offseason, when he broke his foot, he said he wasn't really around the team much because he was depressed. He wasn't feeling like himself. I buy it to a certain degree, but you still got to kind of go do those things that professional athletes do, right? At Summer League last year, he was in Vegas. He didn't come around the Pelicans once. I don't know if that's the approach you want to take. You know, he actually ghosted on Brandon Ingram going to an NBA Finals game last year, too, when they had plans to go sit courtside, and he didn't do that. He didn't work out with the team when they were in Nashville um, after, you know, leading up to training camp and preseason. This year, he's been around everything. 
He's been around everything. He's running youth basketball camps in New Orleans. He's at the team facility almost daily, working out, kind of really bought in. He was just in Paris the other day and then flew from Paris to Las Vegas. I'm sure that's not the easiest flight to do, though he's got the Jordan brand comfort, I'm sure, a little bit there um, to, to help him get there. But he goes from Paris to Vegas to make that appearance and to hang out with his teammates and you know, build that chemistry up a little bit more with these guys. So whatever happened in the past, I think the way the team's looking at it, and I think the way Zion's operating too is it's in the past, and we're just going to move forward from this now that that extension is signed. And he is doing all the right things. And if you look at him, he looks like he's been in better shape than he has in a really long time. He started working out with a personal trainer. He's got a nutritionist and a personal chef now, things he didn't do before. It's going to put to bed a lot of those narratives, right? Like the overweight narrative, all of those sorts of things. All of that negativity with him is kind of being laid to rest right now. And it's, you know, welcome for New Orleans Pelicans fans here. Is, I think that's got to be a, a positive move for Zion to do, not only to, to make the uh, right moves in order to correct the shape that you might be in, but the narrative that, okay, this guy is overweight, that, uh, this is just some fat guy, and we talk about the food that he's eating in New Orleans and all the pounds he can make. And, and when you're not talking, when you are, you know, dark mode that Zion was in, that's only going to uh, expand that noise, so to speak. So, Jake, I do think it's probably a good thing that he was able to kind of get back around the team uh, to silence all of that. Yeah, it definitely was. And look, I think those were lessons he probably needed to learn, right? You know, he probably wasn't the most professional guy ever. And look, he just turned 22. I was an idiot at 22 years old. I (laughs) certainly wasn't professional, right? Like, I get it. We sometimes forget that these guys are kids for the most part. And we expect them to act like 50-year-old adults just because they're making millions of dollars. And it doesn't always work like that. The only thing that ends up mattering is the light went on to him. And he realized maybe some of that negative press, and you made a really good point of that, he didn't talk. He spoke on media day and then he spoke at the end of the year and there was nothing in between. People will fill that with other narratives. I did that to a certain degree <laughs> for better for better or worse with him, right? But he has started to do all the right things. He's acted more like a professional. It's all you can ask for out of a guy like that. Like, And, and everyone's cool with it, right? He went up to CJ McCollum after the game the other night that he was there when CJ was given an interview and goes, hey, aren't you the guy that called me out on national TV, like joking about it, right? It's all one water under the bridge. We can all move forward. That's only great because the future of this team looks pretty bright and he's the focal point of all of that. Time out in today's edition of Lockdown Blue Devils to tell you about our friends over at Built Bar. If you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There is a new flavor. It's really, really delicious. We're talking about cookie dough puffs covered in chocolate. That's right. Built has once again done it again. The new favorite cookie dough chunk puffs have a light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks, and of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. All the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it, plus... This is healthy for you. Only 160 calories, 15 grams of protein in there. Amazing stuff. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and get 15% off your order using promo code LOCKED15. Talking about Zion Williamson here with Jake Madison. He is the host of Locked on Pelicans. Of course, Zion is sensational uh, lone season playing for Duke and Duke fans uh, so grateful for what he was able to do for the basketball team and always going to be a part of the brotherhood 
You look at what next year could be for Zion, and again, having not played this season, where do you start with expectations for him? You know, it's still pretty high. The fact that he's in <laughs> as good of a shape as good shape as he is right now and doing all of the right things, like that sets the expectations a little bit higher. You know, if you're not doing that, I might set them lower. So he's kind of done this to himself, but I kind of like that out of him. Um, they're they're good, right? Like this is a guy who a couple years ago was getting all NBA votes, right? And he's going to be plenty motivated this year. Two years ago, 27 points per game, seven rebounds, and almost four assists. And he shot 61%. Those are insane numbers. No one does that at age 20 in the NBA. No one could stop him. You throw double, triple teams at him, it doesn't matter. The dude is just elite at what he does, particularly getting that kind of offensive rebound too. That second leap he has is like nothing we've really ever seen in the NBA. So the expectations are high. The other thing is there's some, you know, incentives built into his contract. If he makes, if he wins MVP, wins defensive player of the year, or makes one of the three all NBA teams, he gets about $43 million more over the life of that contract. I'd be pretty motivated for $43 million to yeah. get in the best episodes of Locked On Pelicans ever if that was the <laughs> case, right? So you have a very motivated Zion coming in financially to kind of prove a lot of like the doubters, the haters wrong about kind of how his career has gone. We've seen a lot of jokes referencing him to like Greg Oden as an example. He wants to quiet all of that down. And then this is a team that's going to be competitive and has a chance to potentially get home court advantage at least in the first round of the playoffs. All of that's kind of like a perfect storm for like a, just a monster Zion Williamson season. And there's more scoring threats here than ever, right? You've got CJ McCollum as that guard that can go out and get you buckets. Brandon Ingram, who I'm sure we're going to get to in a moment here, is an elite, almost all-NBA level player. When you have that many threats here, then you have a good center in Jonas Valanciunas to kind of help him with a lot of that. It just makes his life easier. He's still going to be the main focal point. Defenses are going to key in on him. But there's a lot of other threats, too. And we've seen Point Zion be a very real thing where he can pass the ball and get these guys looks. It, it's setting up for a pretty big year for him, I think. Here we are. We're talking about Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram now. Jake Madison, the host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast. As we start to shift our conversation to number 14 for the Pelicans and Brandon Ingram. Again, a, a top pick in the NBA draft to the Lakers and now spent a few seasons there in New Orleans. It's interesting. You look at the shift that Duke made when they went more into the one-and-done era, starting with Kyrie Irving back in 2011, his rise to stardom in the NBA. Austin Rivers, the guy right behind him who didn't quite reach Kyrie's low but had some time there in New Orleans too. The past few seasons, however – you mentioned stars of the league. We've seen someone like Brandon Ingram and Jason Tatum emerge. Zion Williamson has been great. So let's hone in on Ingram himself and what he was able to do this past season. Because this time last year, having our conversation, Jake, you were high on what he would be able to do this upcoming season. Yeah, I, I really was. I mean, I think at this point in his career, we know what he is, and he still actually has room to grow. And what he is is an awesome basketball player like a borderline all-star guy just kind of depending on how it shakes out he probably should have made it over Andrew Wiggins this past year but there was some stuff going on there with all that yeah. and this is a guy who's been really consistent the past three years right the past two years he was averaging 23.8 points per game this past year without Zion with this team really struggling with injuries not having CJ McCollum for most of the year and him just getting double teams thrown at him for the majority of the season 22.7 points per game. Like the fact is he can just go out and score. 
And what we've seen him really start to do, and the most impressive thing from him is one kind of be a leader out there on the court kind of leading by example realizing like it's my team i've got to be the one that does all of this and you like guys to kind of grow into that leadership role and with that that means setting up his teammates you know this is a guy who in his time in new orleans has averaged over four assists per game he's a little bit of a point forward he's not you know you're always going to be your primary ball handler but it's a guy that can kind of play some of that point guard for you in this past season 5.6 assists per game for him that's an incredible number for a guy who's never touched anything quite like that before and had a role like that and adapted really, really well to doing that while still being an efficient shooter, while still kind of doing all of the things that he did, and then also trying to commit more on the defensive side of the ball. This was the best defensive season we've ever seen from him so far in his career. And to take on that more a bigger offensive burden due to the lack of Zion and still have the energy to commit on that side, it speaks to kind of him right like this is a guy who's a quiet kind of player right he's not in the media a lot this dude just loves basketball everything about it and this is what he wants to do and he's working on his craft and he's improving so you know it's i absolutely love him he's just kind of like that awesome player that you want that i think still has a little bit more left in him to grow that should make him in that all-star conversation for years to come You could look at his entire life for Brandon Ingram, a Kinston, North Carolina native. The dude won four straight high school state championships, which is unbelievable to accomplish that during your high school career. Had the great season for Duke. And the entire time as he goes to the NBA, quiet is still the word that we go back to. When you actually hear Ingram say words these days, what is he talking about, Jake? I mean, it's a lot of just trying to win, right? You know, he's gotten a lot of the personal accolades. He won most improved player. He's been an all-star. He's got that big max extension that he has here in New Orleans. So it's about starting to really more cement your legacy with wins on the court. This was his first year in the postseason. And they played the Phoenix Suns well, taking them to six games, the number one seat in the first round. And you could tell, it, th this is a story I've told a lot of people. When they lost that game, it was game six. It was here in New Orleans. He stormed off the court. He stormed off the court. He wasn't going to go shake hands with any of the Phoenix Suns. He wasn't going to be like, oh, great season. You know, the New Orleans fans were standing, applauding this team as the season is over. And he didn't want to hear any of that. You could tell how much that loss in the playoffs, like, stung him, that he took it personally. And it just shows how motivated he is to help a team win, to try and win an NBA title and have more postseason success. I think that's the kind of thing that's really like driving him. So it's not so much him speaking other than saying he really wants to commit more on defense. He's really excited to get back out there and he's more motivated than ever, but it's also in his actions. And you can just see all of that kind of like emanating off of him, I think. Pander to the Duke audience for a second, Jake. Obviously, we, we've talked a lot, and you're doing that already, but we, we've talked a good bit about, uh, about Zion and, and Brandon themselves. We've seen them play on the floor a little bit, and that's a big question. How do you get all these pieces to fit together? From what we've seen and then looking at next season, those two players specifically together, what does that look like on the basketball floor? I mean, it's going to look like what you've, somewhat what you've seen before, right? Like Brandon Ingram isn't going to change. I've done a couple shows on this because I get this question a lot of like, can those two guys coexist? Well, two years ago, when they did coexist to the tune of like 60-something games, Brandon Ingram scored 24 points per game and Zion scored 27, right? Like those guys fit. 
and those guys work. And Brandon Ingram can get his buckets from anywhere. This is a three-level score, whether it's at the rim, whether it's in mid-range where he's great, and even three-point. And I think that was down a little bit this year just due to the larger offensive role that he had to take. But he's going to get more open looks next year. So these two are going to really probably start to develop a pretty strong two-man game. And then you have C.J. McCollum as a shooter out there. Herb Jones as a defender. All of these guys, you know, I, I, they're going to coexist just fine. And particularly with Brandon, Brandon Ingram committing more on the defensive side of the ball, you know, making up for Zion in that regard, it makes them one of the more elite duos in the league. And you're seeing the NBA trend to more duos than kind of like the big three era we saw during the Miami Heat, the Warriors kind of being the outlier for that. You got to have a real strong top two guys when you look at current level of play, I put Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson up there, provided that Zion is healthy, but then you also kind of project it out, right? One of them's 22 years old in Zion. One of them, Brandon Ingram, is going to be 25 next season. It's a young duo that can dominate for years to come, and they're both on long-term deals in New Orleans. So this, in a, in a sense, if you really want me to pander, it's like part of, partially the future of the league, I think, these two guys together. <laughs> Excited to see what basketball looks like there in New Orleans with our two Duke guys next season. Again, Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson. Let's wrap up today. Jake Madison here with us. He is a host for Locked On Pelicans. Also spends time as a co-host on Locked On NBA. So, Jake, you're so plugged into the league. And I would be remiss if I didn't take this opportunity to talk about Duke entering the league. We've got five players that are going to take the next step and start their NBA careers this season, the most players drafted this season with Paulo Bancaro going one overall. You've got Mark Williams, A.J. Griffin, Wendell Moore Jr., and Trevor Keels. Dukies entering the league and Paulo going number one. I think that's where you start the conversation. What do you make of this new rookie class for the Duke guys? You know, I like I like some of them. There's some I yeah. don't love, I'll be honest. But sure. Ben Carroll, I, I think, is awesome. He was number one on my big board when I was doing a personal one to kind of rank these guys. And I think pretty easily, to be perfectly honest, he's, he looks like a man out there, right? I remember watching a couple of his <laughs> games yeah. last season, and, like, he stands out compared to some of those other guys he played against in college. He's got an NBA-ready body. You know, yeah, he's not a, an elite three-point shooter or anything like that, but dude just scores inside, and sometimes you just don't need to overthink it, right? When you have an athletic freak like that that can get you buckets, just draft them, and you will find a way to make it work. So I thought he was easily the top player for this incoming draft class. You know, A.J. Daniels was a guy that New Orleans – or sorry, A.J. Griffin was a guy that New Orleans worked out. Right. His injury history worried me, but he's also the probably the best shooter in the draft. You know, when that is a skill that will lead you to a long career. Shot 45%, I think it was, last season, something yeah. close to that, on really good volume too, right? It's one thing when a guy does that on like an attempt and a half per game, but when you're doing it on three, four, five attempts in college, that's going to translate really well. And, I mean, it's a shooter's league. So I think the injuries worried me just kind of given some of the history with that here in New Orleans. I worry about his defense a little bit too, not that a rookie should be good at that. But that he's an elite three-point shooter. That means he's going to have a role. And worst case is if his career is anything like J.J. Reddick's, right? Like that that's a huge win and a very useful He'll player Yeah, that has it in there. And then Mark Williams, I actually had him ahead of the other center, Jalen Duran from Memphis. I liked him much better. I think he's a guy that can defend on the perimeter more so, which if you're a center in the league, you really need to be able to do. And his wingspan is just insane and some of the height that he has. So all the physical tools there, and he moves well. Like that's that's a really good start to an NBA center, you know, currently now in 2022. 
it's always fun when you get more Duke players on various teams. You've got Paulo going to the Magic, teaming up a front court of him and Wendell Carter Jr. A.J. Griffin is in Atlanta where they drafted Jalen Johnson a year ago. You're right. I mean, 45% from three-point range. And, Jake, Duke fans are quick to let you know that he shot greater than 50% from three until the tournament started. <laughs> so those last six games, it fell off a little bit to get you to that uh, that 45% clip. But to shoot over 50% from three in college basketball, like anybody would take that. Yeah, you you take that. Look, you know, New Orleans brought him in for a workout for a reason, and they had the the eighth overall pick, and he was definitely considered for that because of that shooting, and that's a skill you got to have. Jake, it's always a pleasure to catch up with you and talk all things basketball, specifically with the Pelicans. But then again, really do appreciate your perspective on, on guys across the league. So thanks again for joining us here on Lockdown Blue Devils. Of course. Thanks for having me on. It's Jake Madison joining us here on the show. That's going to do it for today's edition of Lockdown Blue Devils. Thanks again to Jake Madison, the host of Lockdown Pelicans, for joining us on the show. Great conversation. I love Zion Williamson so much, and I'm hopeful that he's going to be healthy going into this next year. I love what Brandon Ingram has been able to do for the Pelicans in his NBA career so far. That's got to be one of the best brotherhood Duke teams that we've got in the NBA down there in New Orleans. Going to be a whole lot of fun as our NBA series continues over the next few weeks, and we've got some football recruiting news to discuss coming up on tomorrow's edition of Locked On Blue Devils. Again, if you haven't done so, follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. You can follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Be sure to follow and subscribe to this podcast for free wherever you get your podcasts and watch the show daily each and every day on YouTube. That's going to do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day. Good day.